Welcome back to another episode of Supercoach Insider. My name is Ben. And I'm Chris. I'm Swizz. And thank you for joining us. It's the absolute anarchy season, ladies and gentlemen. Some premiums have fallen and other premiums are shit like Max Holmes. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> we have wow. a lot to discuss. seconds. Last man standing. And no matter what you say, some things just can't be justified. Swizz, good to have you on. Oh, thanks, Ben. Good to be here, mate. You know, actually, on all seriousness, it is uh, the um, Sir Doug Nichols round, um, which is always close to my heart because of the time I spent in Northern Territory. So, um, fantastic week, big match, Dreamtime, all the other games, the um, the jerseys. You know, it's going to be a fantastic round. So that's that's as serious as I'm about to get on this podcast because, yeah, we'll uh, we'll uh, start dishing out stuff in the moment. Actually, I'll just start off and say, Holmes, at least, mate. Maxie Holmes is still standing. Every other prick that we put up last week is six <laughs> weeks injured or got, you know, some sort of weird friggin' injury or who knows what. But at least Maxie is still standing. I, I actually managed to dodge most of the bullets yeah, last week. Prick. Um, I had people messaging me, Chris, saying, did he go there? And I was just like, well, he's a dirty bastard, so can you be more specific? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, actually, I have a story. Story time. Um, so... I was actually at the races over the weekend and uh, a fan came up and said and introduced himself. And um, I think uh, uh, my memory may deceive me, but uh, shout out to Colin. If Colin's there, I, I believe his name is. Um, and he, he came up to me and he's like, aren't you on a diet? Which is true. So I was listening to a challenge and I was at the races and was, this was booked like months in advance. So we're having sodas or what? You're going beers and uh, just like... No, nah, this is a cheat day for sure. Uh, dude, it started because it was all fully sponsored. It was, a, like a, it was like a race day from the client at work. Um, so, yeah, like it was like... And they just kept bringing out more food, more food, more food, more food. And I'm like, I'll have like one of everything. But I didn't realize they would bring up like 20 dishes, like all different stuff. And then it was obviously like free beer and wine. And I'm like, I rock up and I'm like, oh, maybe I can stick to the sugar-free alcohol. Babow. No sugar-free alcohol at all. It was only beer and wine. I was like, oh, so I stick to these like Han super dries, like low-cal beers. But like, I I don't like lager. <laughs> so I ended up switching to the ale. So I, like, about what an hour in, I'm like, ah, oh, well, today's a write-off, guys. Let's just let's just go, go have some fun. That's so um, funny. It's like you're out cheating, <laughs> like as in cheating on your diet, and then someone's just like, hey, aren't yeah. you that guy that records <laughs> podcasts? And B, aren't you also meant to be on a diet? That's so funny. Yeah, so he actually it was it was quite funny. So because I'm lining up to get a drink, and he's like, "Hey, aren't you that guy on the uh, on the podcast and the on the Super Coach?" And I, and I'm like, "What are you talking about?" I literally was like, "What?" Like seriously, like I don't know what you're talking about because it's the first time it's like happened like in public where it wasn't like at the football or something. It was like completely random. Like I would never expect someone to we're, run into me and say that. We're, so. hit, we're hidden up here. It's not like people will hear Swizz's voice yeah. on the trains and like, "Hey, Swizz," and Swizz is very recognizable. Um, you've already heard the story. Spiller, who has his own YouTube channel, is the only one that recognized me, and it was in a urinal at the uh, Gold Coast preseason game watching Rail and Anderson before they'd played a game. Went and checked them out to see if they were worth options, and I said to you, Chris, that day, I was like, Matty Rao, bring him in your side. Um, yeah, Spiller, yep. taking a piss, and he's like, Supercoach Insider, as I was taking a piss. 
Well, I've I've been invited to a high school to come talk to them. They're um, um, you know, what do you call it? Uh, what what do they do? Like multimedia team or multimedia students and stuff like that. They wanted a local podcast person and you know invite me invite me down to have a chat and stuff like that. So. Yeah. Were they like, oh well, you know, he's already. Well, won I haven't done it yet. I haven't done it. So the year awards. Yeah, now let's right. give him a community award. That's right. right. That's right. <laughs> so let's go in there and hopefully we'll pick up some listeners. <laughs> yeah, be like some citizenship community award. It's like, yeah. hey kids, this is um. So yeah, like gambling kind of uh, yeah, but stock market highs and lows, simple maths guys, just yeah, straight, <laughs> that's right. straight up and down. And whatever you do, Max Holmes is a shit pick. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we, uh, we we digress. Fit bodies, mate. That's if, all it's about. Warm bodies on the field is, is basically yeah. how we're winning. Chris, before we do so, Swizz, remember the comment, he's not going to make enough cash. That's already been proven because his shit score of a 59 and he's not going to average enough, which with that score in his cycle now, Swizz, I don't know what he has to average to go ben, 105 to plus. To be fair, now. like the guy was best on ground to quarter time, but we he forgot was. about one thing. We forgot about Taranto Goat. Went to him and just dominated. <laughs> yeah, so he has so he has a shit role then is what you're saying because well, if they're no. that depleted, it's Dangerfield's not helping, mate. Holmes. He just he just he just butchered the footy a bit. That's all. Yeah, and, and, and mate, no one's beating Taranto this year. The guy could win the Brownlow if we start winning games. Let's just get on it. Get on it now. <laughs> the guy could win the Brownlow. <laughs> okay, let's digress. gets injured. Taranto. Oh, mate, that is Dacos gets injured. Ladbrokes, Ladbrokes just went cha-ching, free yeah. money, boys. <laughs> and then everybody gets suspended. <laughs> like, oh my gosh! That, oh, uh, that, that Simpsons episode where the uh, well, we've gone to diet beer. Was it diet beer or something? <laughs> no alcoholic beer. They're out of business. <laughs> Here we go, boys. Get on. <laughs> all right, so this is – I already said before today to these boys in the chat, I said, all right, I'm not doing two and a half hours, ladies and gentlemen. I said, consider me Nicholas Cage. This is gone in 60 minutes because we <laughs> – I cannot do a two-and-a-half-hour marathon again. Um, some people were upset, and then people told them to go shove it because yeah, they're they like, did. I love the they long form. That person did. was you. <laughs> that person know. was you, Ben. Somebody actually literally did. So I was like, oh, can you bring it down? So I was like, fuck off. I'm like, I've got a two-hour drive ahead of me. I want to listen to the boys. Like, or, or it's like, can you cut it back? I'm like, dude, I am not editing two and a half hours. No. I do not have time. Oh, it's uh, how Chris likes it, just raw and unedited. <laughs> As you do. Well, sometimes you go in. No, nah, I'm not going to go there. Rookies, rookies, rookies. Gentlemen, yeah, let's, rookies, let's start rookies, on the rookies. rookies. Shall so, we start with the bad ones? Uh, I mean, they're all bad, really. Uh, so, so I think we, we should probably highlight that this week is a. You thought if you thought last week's rookies were bad, you didn't think that this week's rookies could be even worse. That's what we're facing, and unfortunately, the problems really compounded because uh, Drury went and shut the bed. So anyone that was you know looking to hold out for um, and not bring him in uh, probably made the right call, but also now it's like. You, who else are you getting? I suppose we're all in the same boat because you're probably not bringing in Drury now if you didn't already bring him in. I think um, someone told me today that uh, over 50% of the top 1% super coaches brought in Drury, which is just remarkable. Well, like, obviously that's not me. I mean. Yeah, so you wouldn't know what that's like, buddy. Yeah. But um, yeah, us, 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 in the, <laughs> us in the top 1,000 over here. Oh, did you get, did you make the top 1,000 this week, Swiss? No, but it's on the top 1%. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. me in the top thousand. Well, top one percent is all that matters, bro. <laughs> um. Anyway, yeah. So, so it hasn't got better. Unfortunately, it's got remarkably worse because there really isn't 
um, all they really, all of the rookies generally have something wrong with them, whether it's price or job security or scoring potential or a combination of all those three of those. And so I suppose we want to go through the best trading options as as, as best as we can. Um, so I'll start uh, with Humphrey, which is the one that I'm bringing in this week. And, and I suppose, look, the, I want to start this off by saying two things. First of all, I was very much against the Rory Atkins pick because you're paying virtually the same price that you're paying Atkins. But for me, I feel like Rory Atkins had really bad job security. Whereas I feel the opposite about Humphrey. So you, when you're paying up for him, you're paying up because of the job security that he has. Gold Coast have obviously declared through with the way that they're playing him that doesn't matter if you score negative three, we're going to play you anyway. Um, they obviously want to pump games, as many games as they can into him. Yeah, top 10 draft pick, um, you know, AFL ready body. This week, he obviously pumped out 117, which has helped a lot. But he went down before he's come back up. So he's only gone up about 20K, I think, or 25K in his total starting 28 price. from his first yeah. starting price, yep. So he's still relatively affordable. He has the highest break even, which means that he's obviously due to make the most money if he can get some scores. But then if you look at his scoring history, then that's a bit of a worry. So I think he yeah, went like 39, 38, um, negative three, and then he started. But he was, he was also subbed 64. out of some of those lower games as well, so... He was so his time on ground was crap because he was the sub twice to come on, and he was subbed out as well. So even that those those games where he had like forty two percent, forty eight percent, two of those he was the sub. So and Chris, what's changed for the ladies and gentlemen that might not have any idea? The biggest thing is his role. So in those first two, if if you guys, I don't know um, if you guys are aware of a website called dfsaustralia.com. Uh, that I, I think it's just dot com. Um, just just head on down to uh, Bailey Humphrey's page. And on the right-hand side, you can see his heat map. And what the, what I really love about uh, DFS is you can see his heat map relative to the previous weeks all in one little slide. Um, so I'm just bringing it up now. And if you notice for the games, uh, for the first three games, he played a lot of time forward on all those heat maps. And so that's what you see, uh, large chunks of red, which indicates a lot of forward time. And then it flipped two weeks ago. So his roles actually changed to more of a, a, half, a half forward flank pushing into the midfield. Sort of that Flanders role that, and obviously he wasn't even playing this week. And yeah, Flanders got dropped and did pretty well, I think, in the seconds. Yeah. So he's playing that guy that pushes up around the stoppage. He actually got, also got 17% CBAs last week. Now, there's a little bit of you know, a theory, which is probably relatively true, that he only got those CBAs because they're playing West Coast, and it was obviously a, you know, a, a easier midfield to be able to do that in. And he has some hard matchups. The next three weeks aren't easy, so I suppose there's there's good points, and then there's counterpoints. And it, you know where you sit in that, anyone's guess. The good news is if he does score relatively decent this week, he's going to make uh, some good cash straight away. So this week's really important to make sure that he spurs that cash gen on. If he shits the bed this week. You might be, you know, stuck with a rookie only averaging say forty-five, fifty, or whatever it might be for the foreseeable future, um, for at least the next three weeks. But I just see him as a guy. He's the only guy that I can see that's on the, well, not even on the bubble, but as a, as a trade-in target that I can see playing all the way through the buys as long as he doesn't get injured. Everybody else, massive question marks of on their job security, massive question marks on the cash generability, um, and I'm just not sold on any of them. The fact that Drew sat, sat the bed, and I suppose we'll touch on that a little bit later, so it just gives me a little bit of confidence going, okay, well, you got 17. Best case scenario, he comes out and goes 50, 60 this week, and then I pick him up next week for 120K. Like, 
okay, that's not the worst case, right? So, um, yeah, to me, I like I like the Humphrey pick. The bad thing, is, of course, is his price um, as well. So you got to take that into consideration. But um, yeah, for me, he's the one that's that's coming into my team. What about you guys? Yeah, he's the only one that I'm really looking at. I know there's sharp there, but it was the same thing like with Nevitt last week. And I thought he played quite well in that game, but just the amount of players that are going to come back from Geelong, Brisbane with Sharp, it's it's just so hard to pick. North Melbourne even have a single that they're going to make changes this week. And it looks like George Wardlaw will make his debut finally. Um, and I believe maybe Taron Thomas comes into that side as well. So, um, yeah, they're, they're definitely looking at making changes because they're underperforming. So does Jury hold his spot? Does he miss for a week, come back after that? Who's sort of, yeah, it just fills me with no confidence in anyone else. So outside of maybe Wardlaw in the future, which is going to be a really expensive rookie if we go there, Humphrey's the only one that I see, yeah, as you said, that looks like having decent job security. Um, and we need somebody who's going to play through the buys, and he's got the perfect buy. So he's the obvious one, Benny. Yeah, look, I'm I'm still trying to free up cash, but the, the thing that I'm going to is I would love some Took Miller talk. As in, hey, tell me he's out for five weeks because it's, yes, it also coincided with his role improving has coincided with Tuke being out. So just changed the magnets a little bit. He then, you know, push, is able to push up the ground and then get some more CBAs. I think he had like 19% CBAs or something or other as well. So that's where I'm kind of leaning. If it, they say he's out for a month or five weeks or whatever and it covers the buys, then I think there's definitely a lot more value there to be had. Um, I also feel like Drury's kind of the one, if he gets named this week, I, I do share your consideration there, Chris. I think his break evens twenty, uh, so low enough. Whereas if he scores twenty five, he's only going up a smidge. So it's not going to be completely uh, unreasonable. So I think if he scores a twenty five, he's going up fifteen k. So it's about what five k for every ten after that. So if he goes fifty five, he's going up about twenty five k. So one twenty five again, not the worst thing in the world. So I do share your reservations there. Um, as far as being able to bring him in. Aaron Hall also tailed up, I think, as far as possessions in the VFL as well. So there's some consideration as to whether they bring Aaron Hall back as well. So that's kind of where I sit. I just did my team reveal and I didn't even mention Humphrey. So I'll wait and see how teams are announced. I'll wait and see how Tuke Miller talk comes out. Um, but anyone who scores a minus three is a big red flag um, for me. Teams can sell me, and I know that his role has improved the last couple of weeks, but I want to hear some Tuke Miller talk, and I want to see teams, and then I'll probably look at if there's room for him, Chris. So just just on that, um, Bailey Humphrey just won the Rising Star, um, and he had a talk. At... Sorry? What? <laughs> Sorry, you had the, the earphone like a, and yes, Chris, um, the news has just come in. Um, yes. Uh, oh, okay, cool. Yes, yeah, breaking news. Bruce, Bruce um, Almighty, and he's just like, this, they've just won the Stanley Cup. <laughs> I do. Um, yeah, so he just uh, had an interview where he talked about his role and how they actually played him deep forward in the first few weeks, and he just wasn't really – that's not something he's used to because he's used to playing uh, mid that you know goes forward, and so like that's what he's – role was in juniors obviously a mid that can go pinch it forward so he's still even adjusting to the half forward flanker that gets up around the ball but he said that that's much more natural to him and that's really what's happened the last couple of weeks and why he's been able to produce such good results so he even talked about the role change so it's not like i'm making this up and just looking at a graph that says that that's what's happened he's actually physically said that that's what's happened so just just the club selling you on that he's selling you on that and so it's not just me 
But I did actually tweet Michael Whiting today and I haven't heard back yet. I asked him for a Tuke Miller update because obviously we haven't had any. Um, literally, and if you go on the Gold Coast Suns website, they haven't had an update on Tuke Miller since the week he actually got injured. Mm. Um, to, at that time, they said short to medium. Now, um, someone said to me the, uh, today that um, apparently Stuart Jew was on uh, SEN and he said that it'll be definitely after the buy and it could be even like like back end of the year, um, which is after the buy. So I'm, I, I don't I don't know how to take that, but um, it could be later because obviously, and there was surgery involved apparently um, on Tuke Miller's Instagram page. He, he actually tweeted, uh, Instagrammed about it. So um, I'm, I don't know, like with surgery, surgery only, only takes you out of sport for two to four weeks anyway. And then it's just about the rehabilitation from that surgery. So it's, you know, three to four weeks would be normal four to six weeks maybe would be around the buy over that you're looking at like what six to eight weeks for a meniscus tear like that's that's not is that normal unless like, it was pretty nasty and the surgery had to fix a little more than they're expecting but again no news and again which, no news which is gold coast like, yeah no news like pubs. well it's yeah. like wits when wits are like oh he's a tester but then we found out that he had like a fractured back it's like cool thanks for that news you yeah know. and that was so the, the thing like when i said i was talking to heater and he was like, "Yeah, nothing even coming out from my brother about it." Like, they could you could they, you the text Hita because you guys are get good mates now. Yeah, could you, could you text uh, him and be uh, like, Reece "Hey, buddy, Reese is giving him nothing either." It's like nothing is coming out of that team at all. But the Suns are just locked down with their news, which, yeah, a lot of other you know, yeah, there's talk about they want clubs to be more friendly, like the American sports, and everything's just out there. And yeah, some clubs here just give us absolutely nothing, which the Suns clearly are doing. Yeah. Well, I mean, it would be nice to get that Rail information because it, it does make Anderson and Rail much more pertinent. And had I known that, you know, Tuke was out for 10 weeks, oh. then Anderson and Rail, I would have traded in two weeks ago. You know what mm. I mean? Like, that's just super annoying, but whatever, I digress. Uh, other yeah, the only thing that, Well, the only other counterpoint about Humphreys is they did play West Coast. And, that, and yes. that's like, and all the Gold Coast scores were through the roof outside of Anderson, which is yeah. funny in itself. So, yeah, that, huh. <laughs> that will um, definitely come back. But, you know. Yeah, and next three, yeah. yeah, next three are Brisbane, Bulldogs, Adelaide. Uh, so actually, next four. Bulldogs and Adelaide. Yeah, and then Bye, and then Carlton and Hawthorne in their last last game of the buys. The um, last buy, which is probably the one that's loaded with a whole bunch of players. So he could be very good against Hawks, yeah. hopefully, that last round. Yeah, that'd be handy. So it could be good. Uh, yeah, moving on to... My boy at home. Oh, that's also well and well adjusted. Uh, a little bit surprised Gold Coast aren't even playing one of their Northern Territory games this round. That would have been much more beneficial, I think, than the Q Clash. But that's just me, Swizz. <coughs> yeah, well, they got the double header leading into the yeah. bye. In the that's what NPR I mean. I was like, that. well, yeah. why not just do one do this, on. this week? It's, the whole AFL fixture just frustrates me so much. But I think they also mm. wear the, their Indigenous Guernsey during – their yeah. Northern Territory round anyway. They do. And that they it seems to become the jumper for three or four weeks now and that, which uh, I get where some, some people, there's the balance on this and that. I'm like, does it devalue this particular round? But shouldn't this round have a game in Cairns, Darwin? You've got the dream time as the big game. And then I can understand them spreading some of the games around the country. But it just, they could fix you this so much better. 
Well, some people have rational thoughts and other people uh, are president of Hawthorne. So there you go. Um, I don't know if you heard his comments this week, dude. Like as in after after Clarko sold them under the bus, as in like, hey, do an investigation into them. And then Kenneth just runs his mouth again saying, oh, like, oh, oh, like if some oh, people, people need to people, learn to shut up. Oh, dude, he's like, times. oh, people booed this person. Is that racist? No, like blah, blah, blah. And just started going on saying. Yeah, pretty much two agendas, and then I was I like, think, "Dude, just." I think people need to pay as much attention to Jeff Kennedy as they do to Sam Newman, which is just basically he talks, and everyone else just goes, "Yeah, just shut up, Sam." <laughs> yeah, leave that one through. Anyway, the I thought you were going to say, uh, "Um, yeah, Harry so, Shop's the next one." My boy, we we'll talk about him. One hundred twenty-three k nine hundred. I've been asked a lot about him. People saying, "Oh, he's your Brisbane player." Now, Let's go about the characteristics of Sharp. First of all, he is the fittest one at the club, runs the best times, and you know was I think he was almost on track to be a prolific runner. So you kind of consider the running ability of um, like Blykhavs, you know Blixhavs or whatever. I don't even know how you say that, Chris. You probably don't either. Swiss, you what? How does he, how don't do you ask say? <laughs> Blykhavs, <laughs> Blixhavs. Um, yeah, so, but yeah, pr- uh, prolific runner. Best time trials there. He's actually put a little bit of size as well. So he's someone who got drafted, was still in high school while he was kind of playing and debuting. And it's been a little bit of a slow build up. So he was someone I considered that should have probably been the sub for a lot of the start of this year because he can just come out and run (coughs) really good time trials, really good times to just take the game on. What I will say is the benefit of having him in the team though. So you put him with say Wilmot with um, like McKenna, and Zach Bailey and a whole bunch of these other dynamic players, they actually look really fast through the middle of the field now. Uh, you know, fast in transition to take it forward as in their run and carry or just actually closing speed as well to shut the team up. So I do like what he brings, but the big key thing is, is that who who's leaving the team? So, you know, Zorko and Rich were out and then he debuted. Zorko's come back in, he's kept his spot. When Rich comes back in, what happens? Because Wilmot then probably goes, instead of helping out with the halfback flank or whatever he's been doing, Harry Sharp's the next one. And then you look at outside of him as well for job security purposes, even if they do a bit of a shake as well. Jared Lyons had 28 touches and a goal, I think, in the VFL. 27 touches and a goal as well for Robertson. There's a lot of pressure coming outside. And all it takes is for Lyons to lose one game. If the Brisbane Lions lose any game, they go, oh, straight away, guaranteed he's out of the team. With their reshuffle, they'll go experience comes yeah. in, Robertson or Lyons comes into that team, and he'll probably be one of the first ones out. Not to mention that he's at any time a sub-risk. Yes. So, which is going to kill, kill you. Although he's super fit, though, so I don't know if they'd sub him over someone else, you know, like an extra No, 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 no not subbing out, sub uh, to, oh, be to be the sub. To be, oh, yes, 100%. Yeah. He, so that's, it, that's, that's the issue, yeah. Yep, so that he was my preseason prediction of if you could have a sub, it suits him to a T. Yeah. Not not one so of these other players. As a can, Brisbane fan, are you saying it's a no for you? Like, or are you I, saying like I've been wrong a couple of times this year and they just keep on doing well. If he's named and you need someone, sure. You can go him, but again, it's that that flip a coin. I'm not you, picking him. I'm not picking can him. Can we also say then this? It's you dependent. say Brisbane fan. I've got the D's jumper on tonight. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's the it's it's the it's the problem. Oh, sorry. I should. It's all team dependent, right? If you can take a risk on it, then fine. If you don't, if you can afford having a dead rookie on your bench, then fine. But a lot of people can't. Now, the good news is we hopefully can get back Johnson this week. There's a you know, fingers crossed that 
he just comes straight back into the 22, though I think he probably will have at least one or two games in the VFL. But, yeah, the coach spoke yeah, very highly of them. Yeah, they're winning too. They're winning and that's now the thing. Too. Yeah, they had a big game, and Erasmus played really well. Who's probably the guy? He's been that very good. He's so, been seventies, two seventies in a row. Erasmus. Yeah. So are you? You know, if you're bringing bringing him in, I think he's mid only, isn't he? He's not mid forward. Yeah, mid only. So you know, oh, is he going to be sharp? Uh, not, yeah, midfielder. Yep. Yeah. So he doesn't have the benefit of DPP. Even he could really just stink up the bench for the rest of the year. Could be another dead rookie. So that's uh, now. That's fine if you consider them eleven for you, and it's not going to matter. But we've most of us have, you know, Matty Roberts. Most of us have Johnson. That's obviously still not playing. Um, who are the other ones? You know, people who bought in Drury is almost going to be a dead rookie, right? So, uh, yeah. Shout so, out to JP and myself with Sin tearing up the bench all year. Yeah, I, he yeah. played and had a whole ten touches, I think, in the sample. So that's great I, news. <laughs> I saw a team with Yulin still the other day. I was like, wow, okay, that's, that's <laughs> so so. If your team's not like that and you've got plenty of cash gen, you got you know, you just need to get in the cheapest possible rookie to, to free up cash, I think it's different. Then you can take the risk. The other consideration is that a lot of people are now have their dead rookies, the DPPs in the midfield, because you've got Ashcroft and at least a fairly good spread. Then your Roberts and there's so you know, like Roberts Constable, I've seen a lot of people you can use them as a loophole, but ideally they're getting kind of pushed into that midfield as kind of like the three dead spot where you're using yeah, at yeah. least a couple, yeah. two out of the three dead spots in your midfield. So that's the issue as well, I think, where you, know, you might have Baker or someone still on that midfield bench, but then outside of that, it's like, yes, you could push someone somewhere else, but then you've got double dead rookies in your forward line or double dead rookies in your defense. So I think a lot of people's midfields are already pretty strapped as far as dead rookies. Yeah, one of the things that's really held my – bench intact is the ability to change pretty much every week where they're all positioned and it's been able enabled me to you know get the right rookies on the bench in the right spots to potentially loophole the last two weeks have been shit for loopholing to be and sorry last week and this week have been shit for loopholing um but having him mid only means that you, you can't do any of that and that so yeah i don't even like i mean even weddle you know he's defender only He's just got to sit there. Whereas every other defender I've got is defender mid or defender forward. Like, so yeah, I can switch them all around. So, um, so yeah, look again, as I said, team depend. I wouldn't say don't bring him in if you, if your team's structured the right way. Um, but I would be saying to most people that are trying to play catch up or, or have really bad rookies already, that that is a bad situation to put yourself in personally. Um, yeah. The, on the other hand, if Rich is, is Rich is due back this week or is he due back next week? I think it's next week, isn't it? No, it was two weeks, I think, was the original call, but it depends on if he gets up. So he might be this week, but he's also had a few hammies as well. I was surprised they rushed, uh, rushed Zorko back. Once yeah. the game was dusted, they subbed him out, obviously, on 100 Supercoach. But, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see team lineups as well. Yeah, so, I mean, if he's, if he's named with Rich, that gives you a little bit of confidence. I'm not sure how much, but a little confidence to say that you know, immediate job security is not too bad. But anyway, um, so moving on. So the other one is uh, Tom Berry. Um, so uh, two games, second game for the Gold Coast. Um, scored a 48. He's averaging 53 across the two games, negative 34 break even. Um, I suppose what we note there is what we said last week on the pod. So that doesn't really change in that Ainsworth and uh, Holman didn't come back last week. They both failed their fitness tests again. 
So they're both again a chance to come back this week. So he's just on borrowed time. Like to me, as soon as those guys come back, he's gone. So is that this week? Is that next week? Whatever it is. I just don't think there's enough job security in the immediate term to be like, okay, I'm going to bring him in. He's going to make me a hundred grand and then I could at least, you know, make a hundred K out of him. I just don't think that that's a thing. So for me, as a complete blanket, no at all. But do you guys have a different opinion to that or? No, some fruits are poisonous. Just don't go there. I think that's, Swiss? yeah, you, you, you said it hundred percent. Yeah. No, um, no, nothing you said. Which brings us to, so I'll, I'll go through Drury first. Um, so obviously Drury with that 70, 17 in his system, he still has a negative 10 break even. So it's not like it's completely dead, but what, what we can say is that um, you can wait a week. So if you didn't grab him, you don't have to get him. And that's, I suppose, the benefit is that even if he goes, let's say 50, he's only going to go up, say, 20, 25K, and he's going to be you know less than 130. And so he's still going to be a potential downgrade next week. So he probably retains his spot, not because he played well, but because they've had so many injuries. And we get another week to look at him. I just don't think it's really worth bringing him in on the unknown factor of his scoring potential, job security, et cetera. I really want another week personally. So I wouldn't be bringing him in at his price. I just don't think it's really worth it based on what we've seen so far. But what's your guys' opinion on the jury factor? I think you've got to you've got to wait. I think North Melbourne big chance that they change up their lineups this week. Um, we've already heard talked about you know the Paul and Thomas and Wardlaw. So how you know which are the ones that end up getting cut? We know they want to play kids, but at the same time they've shown a you know a tendency to actually give some of these senior guys a a game. So I think with the performances that they've been having, it would not surprise me if Jury's either the sub or even left out this week. Yeah, I think it's. Kind of like if you're like a slow leak is what they're after. And if there's too much water going out of the boat, they'll just throw some experience in to kind of plug the holes because it's not good PR. Mm -hmm. You're not selling a good message if you're getting flogged and it, you know, you kind of go, hey, let's play the kids. And if they hold up and they do well, it's like, yeah, awesome. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's too much. And then you go, okay, well, let's just give you a break. Go get some confidence. We'll bring some senior guys in to do the role and provide some stability, provide some confidence that, you know, to slow the leak. And I think that's where they're going to come in at this point. So North have been very, very uncompetitive, I think, the last couple of weeks. So it wouldn't surprise me if they try and go, yep, haul back in. And, you know, even Taron Thomas, if they give him a gig, just play him in the forward line. Give them something. Just provide something. Give a lead up. Give some X factor. Do something. Cunnington, who got dropped as a message, interesting. So I think he'll come back in and play probably some of the LDU minutes and put him in the midfield a little bit, try and get some contests and pretty much put the pressure on him. Say, mate, you're, that's your job. You need to go in and get the clearance, get the contest, get the hard ball. Otherwise, if you don't do your job, we can't play you anywhere else and you'll get subbed again. Yep. So, yeah, Drury, yeah, I think. I like him for freeing up cash, but I think, Chris, your point is probably too sensible where you can just wait a week and he's not going to burn you. Yeah. Um, so now we can look at guys that have played a little bit and you, outside of obviously Humphrey that um, you could potentially look at um, as downgrade targets. So the first one I want to talk about is obviously Josh Weddle. Um, obviously he did was on the bubble last week, but at 168K, if you didn't pick him up, you could potentially still look at getting him in. I thought he was brilliant. Um, used the ball extremely well. 
um, was playing a little bit more halfback as a po- as opposed to lockdown or, or center halfback last week. Uh, got up around fifty for a goal on the run um, from outside fifty, so he obviously could use the ball. Um, kind of looks like like the way he runs and the the patterns he runs, kind of a little bit more like a winger rather than a halfback flanker. So I'm not sure if you know. We did see that in the preseason where we played a little bit more wing. So there's a potential that he can you know, play a little bit further up the ground. I'm not sure that helps his scoring potential or not. But I think for the immediate future, he's got good job security. I don't know how long that lasts. I mean, there's a bit of a rotating door there. But you know, both Mitchell and him were talked about after the game by uh, Sam Mitchell. So I think he's got immediate you know, good job security. But he's probably like any rookie at this point in that if he has a bad game, he's got the potential to be dropped. So there's that. Um, but you could do worse than grabbing him at 168K because I think he, at least he plays also, if he plays, he's got to play the round 15 buy. Obviously the round 14 one, he doesn't, which is another one of the bad buys, but does play the round 15 one. What did you guys, did you guys watch the Hawthorne game and, and what do you think about Weddle? Yeah, mate. Ben? Uh, I didn't watch the game, but... Um, Weddle was better. Than, well, definitely the recommended one I had instead of Atkins, which... Atkins did scrape ahead with a very good second half, so that was lucky for the owners that pretty much were about to shoot their feet at halftime with a 15 super coach. Um, look, I, I did. I liked the commentary about him where he was the one actually looking to take it on, the dare, the one to try and break lines and take the game on. Now, yes, he did butcher it a couple of times and turn it over, but I think that caliber and that type of person that can actually try and break lines and move them forward is what they need going forward. Now, my consideration is, I've said a couple of times already, I'm like, they have some highly quality players on the bench. People who aren't even getting a game, people that are, it's quite even again between that 15 to 35 or whatever Sam Mitchell said. And Scrimshaw, for whatever reason, is on their shit heap. So look, I think if you're going for the number one draft pick and West Coast are making it very hard, I'd be like, cool, well, Scrimmy, mate, just you now need to, play your role and you need to actually force someone out because we're going for youth and we're giving them experience. And yeah, I think, yeah, I just, I don't mind him. The big thing from the game, because the first half half was just an absolute one-sided affair, but the Hawks kicked five out of seven goals after half time. Um, in the first, I think it's about the first 16 minutes of the third yeah. quarter. And they brought the was, pressure rating yeah, huge. And pressure rating was huge. And Weddle was very much involved in a couple of those players, even kicked a really nice goal. So, um, yeah, the, I think that the sort of thing, unless <laughs> the only thing that could backfire Sam Mitchell goes, hey, and you get, you're doing too well. We, we, we want Harley Reid here. But I think, yeah, if you're looking at putting um, time for the future, yeah, the fact that Weddle and Mitchell got involved in those moments – um, and that you're not going to get a better opportunity against probably the best team in the comp, and 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 they put their hand up and said, you know, we can we can you know fire fire the shots for Hawthorne, so which they did. So, um, I think job security for both of them was very much shored up for their performance against Melbourne. How many Hawks do you think are going to carry a niggle this week and get managed? Like oh, uh, big big sure. Mitchell forward Mitchell was it Mitchell Lewis managed. Yeah. A few games back in, yeah, mate, just, you know, Tasmania, long trip, rest your body up. I, I honestly wonder play how how can Outside they – Play Will Day. Play Will Day. <laughs> yeah, play all the kids. How are I they going to lose it? How can they lose this? I, I honestly wonder because they – yeah, I'm sure they want to win, 
But for the number one pick, I mean, how do you lose the, this? This, this is Tasmania. And, and you ever listen to any of the, the feedback from Melbourne back in that day with that, in particular, not the Cruiser Cup, but the Richmond-Melbourne game is the one where Geordie McMahon kicks the goal after the siren and they had some of the weirdest matchups. Like even you hear like Nathan Brown talk about this where he had like the backup Ruckman playing on him and Brown is playing full, full forward and you know, the weirdest matchups going. Um, it's just and like just, a little bit like when Sicily goes off the ground, you know. Yeah. With <laughs> and there, and there's, but from the players' point of view, when they run out, they want to keep winning. Now, outside of maybe Sicily, who's, you know, captain long-term, is going to be there, maybe Will Day, um, uh, who who get the idea of probably bringing in the young fella, or everybody else running out there wants to win. So can can this fracture your club? culture and everything you stand by more if Sam Mitchell starts pulling all these strings. Like, it's easier to leave the guys out. But if Sicily lines up at full forward, hypothetically, and, you know, there's just all these players out of position and that, mm. is that going to do more damage for the club than what by getting Harley Reid in as good yeah. of a player as he is? So Mitchell, Mitchell Lewis managed, Green not back in, Sicily forward. Yeah, that's the only way they can do it is by leaving guys out. They can't be putting these guys in weird positions and stuff because and the thing is west coast are rubbish like they generally i've been on about this for two years and that they're... well sicily might play forward because he doesn't have a matchup because darling's out he's yeah well his arm. they can probably get away with that but still you can't sit there and say your best backman and go mm. we're playing in full forward because it, it just stinks of tanking and the other point is they've still got to play north melbourne later in the year so they've actually got another very winnable game um and I think West Coast by North. So I think they all still have to play each other once. So there's no guarantees um, mm. that it works out that way. But, yeah, West Coast, I, I think, are much worse than what Hawthorne are. You reckon West Coast would get Reed at number one? I think, we're, I think we're, and, and I know this is not the natural well, super coach talk, but and it probably is my a bit my um, um, one word here talking about this. But, yeah, I think what will end up happening, well, firstly, I don't know about Harley Reid's go-home factor right, because I, I don't think that's the, the situation, but West Coast have definitely shown that they're happy to yeah um, trade guys, trade back if it means getting Western Australians like they did last year with Ruben Jimby and Hewitt coming in. Um, so they're definitely open to those ideas, but it's going to be for the right trade. And I believe Essendon, if, and this is where the rumour about maybe Parrish goes because I believe the Bombers have two first-round picks already, like their own and one from last year. So if they were to able to move on Parrish, does three first-round picks um, get it done? Because I know Melbourne have three first-round picks and they're trying to already talk to clubs about who are up that end, being North Melbourne, um, North Melbourne Hawthorne and West Coast about it. But their picks are way you know, much higher. So there's definitely interest from the Melbourne clubs about Reid. And I think if it was West Coast, they might look to trade back. But naturally, Hawthorne. Um, oh, Hawthorne and North, North would take yeah, him. Would take oh. him in a heartbeat. Even though a couple of their supporters today going, oh, we've got plenty of midfielders and that. But yeah, but you don't have Harley Reid. Like well, Harley Reid can play defence. He can play midfield. He, he can play forward. He can play anywhere. Anywhere. The, the other day. Let's no wrap Chris. up the Reed talk. No one cares. Yeah. It's next well, year. I do. <laughs> they do. People care. That, uh, yeah, this because, is influential. Right. From, from a super coach minutes, we haven't got onto the premium. So let's, let's, we've well, got from a, 21 minutes for ben, sorry, before Ben From a super coach perspective, Chris, this game's going to be bizarre. I've got whiskey now, Chris. It's fine. Uh, like you might, you might be on fire this week with Ruben Jimby holding him. Yeah, mate. That's could, why I, uh, he that's could why go I hold him. Friggin' massive, mate. Yeah, this is the right. This is the game. This is the reason. All right. So, uh, anyone have a good first round out there? So Wagner, I think we're still waiting on, and a few others. Nothing really relevant there's, even for next yeah, week. Yeah, there's a is couple, there? couple more. Um, 
So Francis Evans is one that hit a 64 this week, uh, and he's 145K forward. He was the sub twice in his first two games. So round one against Brisbane, he was a sub, and then round eight against Essendon was the sub. So round one, he got a six. Round eight, he got 27. <coughs> and he pumped out a 64 this week with his first full-time game. He is a small forward, of course, but there is one of also you can you can throw one on. But obviously, Is he, uh, is he number three? Number number three, my lord. Number three, my number lord. Three. Is he wear number um, three? Yeah. So look, I probably wouldn't against small forwards. Play support. Don't know what his job security is like at all. Um, don't love it, but he's there, and he's at one hundred forty-five k. So there's that. There's also if you missed on Nevitt uh, and you you're happy paying up, then he's still there because he looked very good this week and scored another seventy score. So job security um, hasn't changed there, but. No, like they literally have guys coming back to play that role as good as he looked. I was talking to a couple of Geelong supporters near me when I wasn't giving it to them, um, and they <laughs> were, and and they thought, you know, he definitely somebody who deserved it more of an opportunity. But you know, with their the listed players, and that's not your Dangerfields, but yeah, you know, you're talking about your Gary Rowans as much as his form hasn't been great. Comes back in, Stengel comes back in, Brad Close this week. Um, so they've yep. got yeah, so many op- players that play that role. And Nevitt's playing that sort of lead-up half-forward flanker. How does he keep his spot? Like, he may, maybe he goes back as the sub. But, yeah, I just the job security hasn't changed there. Well, yeah. 12 points over Holmes. Maybe he can just – Holmes can fuck yeah. off, Swiss. <laughs> maybe maybe Nevitt can keep his spot. Hey, <laughs> I don't think Geelong – and I don't think Geelong picked up any other injuries out of that game that were notable. Um, just their egos. Made, and Dem- well, it was only Dempsey that was subbed off, which he's the obvious one that comes out first. But – um, I hope you said Jordan, off. Jordan, that that is one Jordan Clark. Um, I know he only played the well, what he ended up playing like ten minutes or something, but he looked exceptional when he came on. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if they start him this week. All right, that's yep. uh, that's it. Move on premiums. Moving on. Can we go All on right. to the uh, injury injury carnage and quickly summarize no. the the main Can injuries there. So Luke, no, well let's straight up. So Luke Davies Uniac. Um, was it hamstring? So he's out for the short term. Is that right, Chris? Uh, I think short term. Yeah, like yeah. Not, so so a normal hamstring is a three with three to four week injury. So it doesn't matter. That's that's I kind of guess short term, um, which is probably good because he's also you know battling that heel and calf that he did earlier in the year. So he probably does need a rest anyway. He's a trade. Any hamstring injury is a trade. It's a yeah, three to four week injury. Yep, so Mills did a calf, which I thought would only be short-term, but turns out it's a moderate calf tear, so he's out for four to six weeks. So that's a huge blow for those who looked at him. Also makes it really hard now to try and target because a lot of people are like, yeah, Mills for 420K, but then you go, okay, well, 10, 11, 12, 13, plus then two rounds for him to drop cash at least, 14, 15, 16, 17. He might be like round 17 by the time he drops, and by that point your team's already filled. So it gets really hard now, unless you're trying to grab like a Kennedy or one of these cheaper players that you hope to maybe he might get up to 500 or 450 and then you can you know, make cash and fix him later. It's going to be really hard to also bring him in. So Mill's a huge issue if you just brought him in like some of the top thousand did or anyone that listened to Chris's podcast, he owes mm. you a beer. So yeah, definitely he is also another trade because of A, you know, he's missing a large chunk of time, but B, also dropping heaps of cash when he comes back as well. Uh, Hopper, was it you said he's out for, is it how many, four weeks, Chris, or something? Yeah, four. Uh, six. No, they, uh, four to six, sorry. Four to six, they said four to six. 
They said medium term. He's actually got a ser- like a fairly serious knee problem. <laughs> so that's um, unlike yeah. Hopper. Uh, and Steele, um, they uh, was released. Information was just released as well. They said he's got a something wrong in his knee. So it's actually worse than they initially thought. However, they still think he may get up this week, but it's a wait and see test later in the week. Oh, I think it's that a sounds horrible. It's a, it's a medial strain, I think they said. Um, I did read it before. I can't bring it up now, but um, yeah. So he might play. He might not. Good luck. And I think they play Sunday, don't they? Uh, yeah, off the top of my head. Yeah, I think they do. Yeah, oh, that hurts. Yeah. It could be a laid out. And, and generally, like you go through the list of players that we mentioned last week, and like number one and two was like, if you want a cheaper option, it's still all meals. And yep. bang, both of them done. Just Who would have thought Brayshaw would have been the best one, even though he only got an 88? <laughs> like, <laughs> Anderson, 88. Don't even bring up Holmes in this scenario, Swizz. Right. You're better um, than that. Yeah, so I think that's that's it from the injury front or relevant injury front. Is that correct? Uh, Sinclair, say, Sinclair you, spotted. Did you say LDU? Dawson uh, spotted. Yeah, yep. Laird yeah. was... Led was taken oh, off Led with had, um, yeah, but that's fine though. He had uh, they fine. said he's fine just yep. because yep. the game was done. And he got but he got a nasty one in the ribs. What it does mean though is that we have a bit of an issue this week in that a lot of the like potential trading targets have high break evens because they've either had a really bad game or they were injured or subbed, um, or they're no longer with us. <laughs> so um in defense, and so I suppose we um in the yeah, DPPs start- coming in two weeks, that's causing a stall on yes, some of those as true. well. I mean, Goulden, uh, so Mills out, Goulden's now going to go to to the moon and against North particularly, his CBAs are got for sure. But um, to touch on quickly, so I think Gorn and Walsh are still looking highly likely for the, the DPP. So the forward line, so that's definitely one to look at. McRae is now 0.1% off, I believe, um, getting a forward status. Extremely close. Bevo's just doing classic Bevo uh, as far as the, you know, flicking the magnets there. Just quickly so, on that though. Yeah. So with, with McRae, he's doing that, but he's also average, like he's got a three game average of 88 and he's averaging 101 for the year. So yeah, he's a top 10 forward. He's also one of the most expensive forwards. I, I'm not exactly sure you'd want to get him if he's going to be like this, like 9% CBA is like, nah, I'm not paying 550. It'll change. It'll change. It'll you know, change. Do you know what will happen too? He'll give Bev, he'll give McRae, uh, is it this week or the following week? Because you could see him giving McRae just enough to miss yeah, out. Yeah, just to do Beveridge exactly will right. have those yeah. stats there. It'll be like, stuff it. It's not happening. I hate those fantasy footy players. Yeah. Only sure. I get to tell people where they play. That's you don't right. get to decide. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then flicks it around. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I think Walsh and Gorn, obviously, the, the ones that are, are relevant there, but... Again, even with Walsh, like uh, obviously he's probably more relevant, but he's not averaging like through the roof. You know what I mean? Like he's he's averaging kind of what he's priced at, which is what like 110 is is 615k. Like I guess you I think he's one pay 615k for a forward. Like, I think he's been going yeah. like 115 to probably the last few weeks, but since his first game, so but I, yeah. I still expect he he's will start to get guy. more. He'll start to get some more CBAs at some point as well. I don't think they play the whole season with him playing that forward. Dude, they did for most of last year, didn't they? Yeah, like they did. Most of last year, Walsh played that same role. Like, but he's still a 115 guy. But he wasn't a forward eligible player Yeah, that's the thing. Year. No, could... because he – but he was close last year. I think he just was like 30%-ish. I think he's had yeah. more this year. And probably because he's, started, he's coming back from injury, right? So they just – yeah, okay, we're going to have you well, more forward than we are – mid to start the season. 
Well, at what point do they just say, hey, what's the point in having someone that good to kick it into forward 50 if they can't bloody kick straight no, anyway? So what, so, no, what they do, Ben, is so Walsh starts up in the half forward flank yeah, and, and he then just sprints in. in straight away. And, that, and he gets the um, the first handball usually out of out there. So he's got a five-round average of 115. So you're paying for what he is, but then you're going to have a forward who's probably the number one forward. Yep. I like him. Chris can get stuff. It's hard to hard to ignore a, a forward that averages one fifteen. Oh, look! I just don't think it's worth really like holding your forward line because of it. Like, why? Like, I just, I mean, to me, and I suppose this is a good segue. Like, Darcy would you Cameron. rather him or Darcy Cameron for a hundred and twenty k cheaper? No, I'm getting Darcy Cameron anyway. But I think yeah, for but a- that's. That's a lot of people say last position in their forward line, right? Yeah, but so. a few people still have Zebel Sheasel sitting in their forward line. So if you're in that boat where you can swing one back, yeah, you've got I've that only spot. I've only got two spots. One's for Gorn coming in from the ruck line, and the other one I'm kind of hoping maybe Walshy boy. So, oh, that's, the other that's one, me, Chris. They're just because of the way they're averaging this year with a couple of these forwards and defenders, there is food for thought to play one of the dual position players in your midfield. Because yeah. the midfielders have been awful. Well, the, the, the problem, midfielders. yeah, and that which is true, and and so yeah, I'm actually looking at doing that, and especially over the next few weeks to try and even things up. But with Walsh, he also has the worst buy, so he's got he the does. last buy. Yeah. So even if you wanted to buy flip to him, you can't. Mm. So it, there's just not. It, it's so hard to plan around having Sam Walsh. The, the, one way you could do it is is say if you're in my position where you have LDU, so. You've got to trade out LDU. He's already got that back buy, so you're already planning for that person. Then it's not going to impact your buy structure at all. But if you're planning to bring him in on top of your, say, already seven or eight um, to guys, the premiums that you have in that back buy, that's a real hard hard thing to do. Haven't you heard, Chris? I'm going for league wins now. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's another consideration. Um so yeah, DCAM is one I, I just wanted. We just you know, briefly touched on there, but it is probably going to be my trade in uh, my one of my trade ins this week. And part of the reason is that there really isn't much else to go to. So especially in that sort of you know, two weeks ago, I was looking at getting Mills for five twenty, Steel for five twenty, Brayshaw was in the mix. There's all these guys that are around that five twenty k mark, and I was like, okay, I'm going to get two of these guys, and that you know they've got to have the early buy. It's going to set me up, blah blah. blah. Mills goes down, Steele's like potentially not even playing this week. Um, he's he's had an 84 because he got subbed out at three-quarter time. He's break even shot back up to 120. So like even if I wanted to bring him in, like I don't need to bring him in this week. Um, Sinclair now, similarly has a higher break even now. Looks like he's actually dropping to 500 flat or less. Exactly right. So there's all these guys that's like, so let's say you're not in my position. The, the, the average Joe out there, they probably don't have Dawson, but you can't bring him in now because he just dropped a you know, 90 and his, his score's coming down. Um, Laird dropped a 90. His score's still coming down. I think I think Laird still has a break-even of 150 and his price like 590. So he's going to be like 570 in a week or two. Um, even Lockie Neal still got a, a break-even of say 150. He's at 570. He's going to be down to 550. Like all these guys that you could potentially bring in um, are dropping cash and dropping cash. So like you don't want to bring those guys in right now when cash is such a, uh, premium and such a, a highly sought after. Similarly, do you really want to go and spend 620k, 630k on someone like Petraka? I don't even know what his price at. Um, who's just had three ridiculous spike games when we know he's a flat track bully and he's now coming into a harder run. I probably wouldn't do that. 
Walsh, as we said, we've already and discussed him. his ankle late in the game. I know they say yeah. he probably gets up, but still it's a little bit of a concern. Um, Noah Anderson. So we obviously know that the issues that present with Noah Anderson. Now he obviously was tagged. He dropped an 88. You know, this week is fine for his break even, but next week that 189 rolls out of his cycle. So then he starts to drop cash again. Um, who else is up? 600 plus, I think. Um, uh, so the only other one is Sarong. Uh, he dropped a, what did he drop to 106 or 107 or something like that? So wrong this week? What, what did he end up dropping? I thought he went, but he's, he so like he's one that I'd actually consider. He went 120, Chris. Money. Yeah. 120. 120, yep. So, so even his up. last, yeah, so I think his last uh, five-round average, 122, three-round average of 111. So he did have a lower score, yep. I think, two, the last two weeks. Yeah, so that's one that I would look at. Um, he hasn't, he's only had one game under 100, and that was round one. Yeah. Sicily is another one that I'd obviously look at. He had a 134 again. Um, buy dependent, of course, because those defenders do share that round 14 buy quite frequently. Um, obviously, coming up against West Coast, is he going to play? What's going to happen there? That's that's a conjecture as well. But because he dropped that low score, I think, two weeks ago, he hasn't shot up that much in price. Um, he's still only 546, and his break even is uh, 114. So, again, you don't have to bring him in this week, but he could be one that you bring in at his price. He's still going to be a decent decent player for the rest of the season. Um, Sinclair obviously dropped his 65, so he's coming down. You probably don't need to jump on him. So who Butcher. is the guys you, you bring in? That sort of leaves me with, okay, well, Darcy Cameron on the opposite end. So um, Craig McRae already said in his post-game presser that he will be coming in this week. He's basically been going through match team. He's been going through everything in training. They're, he's basically ready to go. They just wanted to hold him back another week. What was awesome is that we saw the Mason Cox show on the weekend, and I don't know if you guys watched the Pies game, but oh, wow. Mason Cox yeah. was ridiculous. Um, yeah, aren't you concerned with Cameron then on how good Cox was? No, because Cox he was playing once, very Cox good forward. Just once a year, mate. Yeah. So the thing, what I do think will happen with with Darcy Cameron is what happened and what we have already seen happen this season, which was in the two practice games, so that he had basically had a two-game run-in where I think the split was like 45% Darcy Cameron, 55% Cox. They just sort of let Darcy Cameron catch up, get his eye in before throwing him back into 70-30 ruck split, which is what was happening further down. So I do think that the first couple of weeks – he goes a little bit less. What does that look like? Probably somewhere between 80 to 100 scores those two weeks. But then that third week, he has West Coast. And I do think that that is the gradual progression towards him being the number one ruck again. Um, where he's obviously averaged 110 over the three games, but one of those was an 89 where he got subbed out of three-quarter time and got injured. Um, one of them was a 139 against, a, who was that ruckman that week? Um, let me pull up the Deacon's. the Richmond game when he got injured. Yeah, yeah. So was it was Nank in that game I or feel was like it Nank? Did Nank he get injured play? that game? Oh, that's a great question. There's a it feeling a like question. Nank didn't play, but and then the first game, I think no, no, he, he must like have a... Nank. Nank, um, I'm sure Nank. Yeah, Nank did play. Yeah, Nank did play. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, he's not obviously no, he doesn't really hold scores, but he's, you know, he's a good ruckman in, in his own right. So um, I think personally, what does he go? Probably 105, maybe 110, an absolute stretch. Um, therefore, he would be absolutely guaranteed top 10. 
And 105 would make him a top six forward right now anyway. So I don't hate that as a plan. Now, for me, I already have Max Gorn as well. So it kind of locks me out of a few things. First of all, it locks me out of a forward unless I trade in, trade, say, as evil back, like we already mentioned, but I've already got six defenders. So I'd be by flipping other guys out to try and get that to work if that was something I'd do. Um, it also cancels me out of getting English. And I guess I've sort of just come to the realization that I'm not paying 600K for English. I don't think that's a really wise move. Um, he's dropped two, four, two of the three scores in the last three weeks have been really poor. Um, I'm kind of fine just running Gorn and trying to catch up elsewhere in my team and not spending that extra money. However, if one of those guys goes down, I could look at bringing English in. I just think at some point English gets injured and I don't want to be on the wrong side of that where I've traded him in there two weeks later, he gets injured and, and then there it goes. So, um, so yeah, I don't mind Darcy Cameron. I think he's going to be all right, but don't expect it from this week to be absolutely lights out. I think he builds into it. And so therefore, if you do want to wait, you're more than welcome to, but he does have a break even of 55. So even an 80 score, will see him go up 25K. And then you're not going to be priced out, but he's definitely going to be more expensive. So if cash is an absolute premium in your team and you're running low on cash, then I, which is what I'm looking at, I just kind of need to get a cheap option in. And he's the only guy sub 500K that I'm looking at. So. Only guys are sub 500, so no love for Kennedy, no love for Wines. I think those guys are, are they're hero moves. It's like if your if your team is so shit that you need to kind of like jump on a pick to just sort of boost you up. A little bit like Himmelberg was last year, right? Like, fuck, I just got to get Himmelberg because I got no cash. I need to make an upgrade, and this is the best of a bad situation. Then sure, like it can pay off. It can pay off big. And then, you know, you make 150K, 200K while he scores and scoring hundreds. Um, great. But it's not a move that guys in the 1% I think are going to benefit from. I think it's more, um, yeah, your, your low-ranked guys that you're yeah, trying to get a boost on the other guys in the competition. Does that make sense? Uh, I think JP will be saying, how dare you say the bottom-ranked players with Himmelberg? He won the competition, Chris. With such ballsy moves like that, you can't even see his balls are that hefty. You can't. Well, no, no respect. We had a great chat about it. And that was the funny thing. You no saw of, people were saying I was tweeting about this because we were playing cricket out in the absolute farmyards uh, out at Cranbourne West. And there was a little, we, we were having a bit of a chat. And he's turned to me and gone, Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at Kennedy. His price, his role's improving. There was literally one cow near us. And then all of a sudden, Abdul's tweeting all about the exact conversation, like word for word, what <laughs> JP and I just talked about. So, yeah, uh, Did you tell him that you were basically internal affairs? You're just passing off got, all of his good content, He's got cows Abdul? wide listening in for conversations about Supercoach. <laughs> Sorry, I laugh. yeah. I'm laughing because my beautiful fiance, she's just decided to come out and cook us dinner. But she oh. realizes that I'm um, I'm podcasting, so she's just like pulling things out of the freezer, like as 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 quietly as she possibly can, and it's just going. Gung, 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 gung. <laughs> oh, that's great. Right, um, I would the the way I'd consider it because what's what are we talking about? Wines? What's four twenty? Four twenty? Yeah, four twenty. Kennedy's, Kennedy's about three fifty. I think. So yeah. there is potential. Like if you said I had Wilmot and um, yeah, you know, maybe another rookie that you've got sitting there. <laughs> that needs to be culled, say Chandler, for example, and you had a little bit of cash, there's potential that you could bring both of them in and going down the track, 
um, they could become like an M8, M9 situation that you could loophole going forward. Um, and that that is Do definitely... Do you not feel like that the, the problem that the current mids are is that they're all fucking M8 worthy well, capital players? Well, like... that, that's, that is a bit of the problem, but it does give you a little bit of flexibility there as the season. And we always end up in that situation where we can usually have somebody on our bench to loophole. So that they yep. could be options. The thing I don't mind with it in one part is that if you do have someone like that, that hopefully scores you well, make some cash, et cetera, Callum Mills by the, after the buys, you've still got someone that carries you through the buys, except Kennedy obviously has the bad buy, as Chris alluded to with Walsh, but you might be able to then go him down to say a, a Mills, especially for your final series in your leagues or whatever you're playing in, that could be a really nice point of difference. And you might actually make a little bit of cash in that process. The other one with wines is he's actually, he up uh, increased his time to 79% time on ground with the majority CBAs for port, which I think is a change that has been slowly coming. He's had a, like basically a nine week preseason. Now he had no preseason as we already knew Four twenty k He's someone I, I, you know, again, so someone who might be struck with cash and missed down some of those options. I know for me, I can actually turn, uh, Hopper and I can turn Chandler into uh, Darcy Cameron and into a um, Kennedy. So turning, because my issue, unlike Chris, Chris has been trading all of his bench rookies. I've been upgrading my premiums on field, but then playing rookie roulette because I couldn't afford to trade the guys on the bench. So Chris is in a really good situation where he's been upgrading on his bench, but having good players on field. I've been kind of forced to try and improve my premiums on field, but then play rookie roulette, which has kind of hurt recently so if i want to get someone if you're in my situation you go hey maybe i'm better off having a kennedy and a cameron instead of playing like a filippo or a sincotta or one of these other you know chincotta on the field etc yeah yeah there's considerations and i just had a look at at one's stats um so he had (coughs) his last three weeks he's gone up in terms of his um cbas and it's gone and i'm just pulling it up here he went 33 percent 52 percent 70 percent so 70% 70% is serviceable enough because if you look at his career averages last year, he had 71% and he turned over 105.5 average over the year. So with 70%, it sounds like that might be enough for him to be a hundred plus averaging mid. Let's look at the negatives, of course. So the the, the problem is, again, he's got that bad buy. Um, they've got a lot of midfielders in that group. So you know, they've got Drew, they've got... Um, Rosie Butters. So look at the other guys that also um, had CBAs or, or, or lack of CBAs last week. And I go, okay, so does that hold then? And that's my issue. Um, so I'm bringing up port CBAs. Um, so Connor Rosie had 64%. Um, Horn oh, Francis had there. 58%. So he's dropped slightly. His season average is 60%. So he's been dropping a little bit. Um Butters had 61%, so uh, that's pretty much par for where he's going at the moment. Drew dropped down from, he had 41%, dropped down to 36. Um, and that's about it. So basically what they've done to sort of facilitate this is everyone's taken a bit of a haircut um, in order for him to to generate the the higher amounts of CBAs. So, yeah, I mean, does that hold is the other question with the amount of mids that they have. And how does that look moving forward? So I, well, I depends can't on the question. depends on the wax and the product they're using in that haircut you speak of, Chris. <laughs> oh, to be honest, yeah, what's oh, the level it, of hold? Yeah. yeah, is it a medium hold? Is it a firm hold? I mean, what kind of shit are they using over there in Port Adelaide? Yeah. So I, I don't. Swiss, what are you I using your hair, mate? Move, a bit of, yeah. a bit of spray? Uh, not, not a 
not a lot actually, but I, I get I get the idea of the wines and that. Like we know the guy can ton, um, and especially if they're against their weaker games or that. Like it's the sort of guy after this week when you know Richmond Hawthorne, um, and then after the bye, sort of they've got the. Well, it's it's funny because I think the fact might have even played some of their easier games because they don't they've already done North and West Coast, so that might hurt a little bit. But Port Adelaide at least be. Um, fighting for the pointy end of the season, so they'll want him up and firing um, on that run home. They do have their like their final, their um, Super Coach finals is the Giants, Fremantle, Richmond, so that's not too bad for Port Adelaide, especially midfielders score pretty well against those sides. Yeah, interesting. Um, guys on the horizon there, Chris. So Zach Merritt, can we touch on him? Because we were very big advocates for bringing him in for their soft draw, which is just about to start. Um, I was a little surprised that he didn't tail up against Brisbane as much, although he was on and a lot of Essendon players were huge scores in Supercoach for the first half of 40. He, I think Zach Merritt was on like 62, 66. Yeah, so he killed it in the first half. Setterfield was looking for a good score as well. And then that third quarter, Brisbane just pretty much turned it on. And Essendon just couldn't find the ball, to be honest. Couldn't get their hands yeah, on Yeah, well... Um... The next, the next, yeah, six seven weeks are all, is a is a great run, and that's you know arguably why I wanted to bring him in. But also, so he, he, they Essendon have Richmond, West Coast, North, Carlton, Frio, Port, and then Adelaide all in a row, um, and then they have Geelong, Western Bulldogs, Sydney, but then finish it up with West Coast, North, GWS before having Collingwood in the last round. So. Um, so this is yeah, this is when you want to be on Essendon players, and of course Parrish is out. So this that leaves Zach Merritt. So the main reason why people are looking at him is obviously two reasons. Obviously, he's been a um, back end season merchant for the last what four or five years, where he does come good in the back end, um, and obviously they're running <laughs> fixture. So we know what level he can score to. He could probably go on a run of 120 average. The issue is his role, and it's not necessarily Merritt himself, but. It's what is happening at Essendon in terms of you know their mid setup because every week it's changing, and there's no consistency with anyone outside of Parish who isn't even playing right now. So he's the only one that seems to be consistent. Um, and then last week, I think you know Parish, basic uh, sorry Merritt basically had all of the CBAs in the first half, and then played forward in the second half, um, and then he only ended up with sixty two percent CBA. So the, the this week's split was sixty two percent for Merritt. 62% for Setterfield, back up from 0% the week before. Um, Shield back up to 67%. So he was actually the uh, second highest mid because out of nowhere, Jai Caldwell comes in and has 71% this week. Just like, what? Yeah, well, that was, and then in Stringer's the first dropped bounce, to 38. You're thinking first bounce, you're going to have your captain in there and um, Merritt lines up inside 50. I'm like, what is going on here? Stringer had yeah. a horrible and game. And then Hobbs Caldwell- had zero. Yeah, Caldwell was very, very impressive. And I think Hobbs, outside of that CBA side, I thought Hobbs was actually quite strong. Outside of him trying to kick a, an inside-out ball out in the full, uh, I thought Hobbs was actually quite a good player. Um, for them as well. This but, yeah. is why, they're because they're definitely a key back short, why they the consideration of moving on Parrish. Because they've actually got too many of those sort of inside, same, similar types, and yep. can't get them in. And then they're playing them in roles which they're, they're not comfortable playing. Yeah, well, it's killed. It's obviously killed Setterfield, and it's it's now killing Merritt, and it's I'm not happy about it because I brought him in three weeks ago. Mm. Um, look, he probably still is well worthy target, but the only reason is is because all the other targets are shit. So it's like, and he's him, durable. He's durable. Yeah, 
So is he the best of a bad bunch? Absolutely. I would probably be bringing him in if I was everybody else because, and yep. I'm also confident in his ability to be able to at least go 105, um, but probably 110. No, I reckon 110. 110, 115. Yeah. I reckon he's so probably he, the best pick under 600K in the midfield. Yeah, the problem is I already moment. have him. So for me, yeah. trying to bring him in, I've actually sort of left with, I've got 600K to spend on a mid and I'm like looking at every single one of them being like, I hate my life. Like I don't, <laughs> I'm not interested in any of you. So right now it looks like I'm bringing in um, uh, Josh Kelly because Ooh. he's still 580K. He's actually the same price as what he started with. Um. Obviously, his fixture is not the, the best, but this is it. He's averaging 111 for the season. He probably averages somewhere between that and 120 for the rest of the season. So he's the premium mid under 600K that you can sort of, you know what you're going to get. Um, so, yeah, he's the he's the only one. But you don't have Led. Led's 595 Yeah, but he's, he's got a break even of like 140 and he's coming so up how many spots? Odds. How many spots do you have left? And he's got a bad buy that I can't bring it into. Uh. So I already have seven. So so my buy split is four one seven seven. I'm trading out LDU, so I need to bring in around fifteen premium. So LDU's around fifteen. I need to bring in around fifteen, which is Josh Kelly, and that keeps my buy split even. If I brought in Laird, I would change that to six on the round fifteen and eight on the round fourteen, and I'd be screwed. Especially considering a lot of my rookies are but also he has round fourteen the round- rookies. Okay, but he has the round 14 buy, yeah? So yes. that would give you eight more premiums for the... in the round 14. I right. have, I've got, I'm even across 14 and 15 right now. So if I change one from 15 to 14, I go to six in 15 and eight in 14, and I'm unbalanced. Does that make sense? Don't confuse you're, Ben. I, this I feel like you're no, no, you're, no, as in you're talking about. Dropping one from your round fifteen, but you've got LDU, so wouldn't you just go like LDU, which you that was your round fifteen rookie, yep. right? Oh, so yep. round fifteen premium. premium. Yep. Um, yeah, but with the amount of people that are going to be short anyway in round fifteen, wouldn't you rather the extra one in that one plus then, you know, so with the only, different no, rookies or other sideways just, you could do? It's just shifting a problem. You're either either going to go round twelve, thirteen, or fifteen. Trading in around fourteen doesn't help me in my situation. Because then I've got to try and just cover an extra body in round fourteen. So if I have eight in round fourteen, it doesn't help me. Oh, um, out, eight out, you mean? Eight out. I already have oh, okay, seven right. out. Okay. Yeah. So I thought you meant like you only had guys. eight premiums, and I was like, dude, what's your fucking problem? No. I've only got eight in round fourteen. I was like, what's your problem? Like, yeah. yeah, easy. So if I want lead, I've got to wait till round fifteen, which I probably won't. And to be honest, I'm okay with that because he looks shit and he's injured. So like, why would I want to bring him in? Um. I'm targeting round 12 guys, but we'll see how we go. At the moment, it looks like I'll bring in Kelly this week and then... It's a step up for wait. you, Chris. Normally, you only target about eight guys at once. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was targeting Mills if he's off his injury, but now it won't be. So now it's going to be... Uh, looks like uh, Neil, obviously, after round 12. And then um, Steele if he comes good. Yeah. And then we'll see. I Maybe. did hear that Mills will be doing a lot of his recovery out on the farm, out in the paddock somewhere. I, I don't get Oh, because what Mills? It's a, it's a Mills mill joke, you dickhead. Oh, good one. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so I think that pretty much wraps up everything, right? Is that, do we have anything, do we have any premiums that we wanted to chat about? I think that's pretty much it. Um, the only other consideration is 
Yeah, we spoke last week, I guess. Golden obviously is a, is a very good trade in. While yeah, Mills but 556K or whatever as well. That's, that's a, yeah, it's a lot to pay though, isn't it? Uh, not when he's averaging 150. He's <laughs> <laughs> 156 the last, last two weeks. And he is, oh. you know, the only issue is there's not many great captain options after him this week, but he is a great VC option. Yeah. Like, all right, can so let's chat about have our um, can a player and yeah, go so they're going north this week, bro. That's yeah. what I mean. Can a player go one fifty six plus three weeks in a row? Like, I think he. <laughs> well, can. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't have can. him. I was loving north, life when he dropped his low score. North, north on a on a fast deck at Marvel, oh, dude. Could yeah. be anything this week, honestly. He could be, and that's why I know you were originally talking about maybe the the Friday night game, um, and it's hard because unfortunately Bont's playing at the same time as Golden. But so I, I'm really struggling to find a captain option after Golden, but I want the VC on him. I, Here's the other thing as well. Golden has a break even of seven, so he will be 600K next week. Yeah, 100%. That's brutal. Oh, now he's like, oh, because someone traded him out, Swizz, I think. Yeah, I got, yeah, I got Oliver. Did, I got mean? Oliver with him, oh, so that's fine. That's true. Oh, yeah. I, I, I've, I've, I've already got a bunch of rookies, but I mean – yeah, yeah, you can get a lot of with the yeah. premium. I so. did it with Setterfield, and you've done it with rookies. But hey, that's sideways the best forward premium. <laughs> not even, not even the best forward. Oh, uh, he's, he's kind of like, close. Was he yeah, yeah, He's, he's one hundred eight. He's averaging one hundred eight. Mate, mate, give it this week. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this time next week he will be. Nah, yeah, right. Be. Yeah, he's he not will. going over one fourteen. Well, he's one hundred eight at the moment, mate. He's only going yeah. six points over Timmy. He's fourth Even if he goes one fifty, he's only going up five average, so that's a one thirteen. Still won't be the highest. That's as long as Toronto. That'll Dunkley. be second highest. Yeah, maybe if Dunkley doesn't fire. Anyway, that was part of my team podcast. I'm not going to go there, guys, because you won't listen to it anyway. But no, the re- the reflection for me was um, <laughs> number one: don't bring in breakout premiums, aka uh, Ridley. I was like, you're better off just going down to them, you know, like day cost, just paying and trading down. And then the other one was don't sell the farm. And that was me selling the farm to get Clary, who I thought was a must-have, and in the end he wasn't a must-have. And uh, the, the captain well, I was worried about. I know, but the captain I was worried about, I was, in, I was like, hey, I need a captain option. And the just captain I was worried about was Bonson Pelly. So. Just on that quickly, buddy. Um, you were completely right, by the way. And so That's I what? think you should deserve yourself a pat in the back. Um, I don't know if you've noticed, but uh, Clayton Oliver's CBAs have dropped. They have all yeah. through the the weaker teams, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, against yeah. Uh, against Richmond, weak team, seventy six percent. Against North, seventy five percent, and against Hawks, it was seventy five percent. So his season average has dropped to eighty two percent. So that's down what five percent on last season. So uh, that's pretty much where we thought. Obviously, what have we what have we also seen? He hasn't had that two hundred game yet. Yeah, he's it, only had one one fifty score, and everything else has been one twenty to one thirty. This is the worry I was about to say about you know thinking Golden. It scares me this week not having Clary VC because he had his massive game against the Swans. That was a you know always going to be a tough game for them because well, at the time we thought Sydney you know full strength um, coming off that grand final last year, and he went huge. Port Adelaide, you know, this is a big game for them. Petrarca and a bit of an injury cloud. So it's going to be all Clary in there. And I think I think Clary gets tagged by Drew this week. Well, that's what you would, nah. yeah. But I still, I doesn't matter. He did matter. last year. You can't, you like, can't or tag does Drew, Clary. Or does Drew go to Petrarca? Like, Drew tagged him last year to a 68. 
be nah, interesting. It's not happening again. I, I think Clary will just work his way through it. Drew Drew's too busy Probably, making minions for me. I'm not seeing him. No, Drew's too busy yeah, making I, minions for. But what I'm saying, I won't be VCing it. I'm going to Gordon, but watch Clary. This will be one of his massive games. I can see it happening. I think I think the round eleven clash versus against Frio is is absolutely going to be huge. I think I think that's his two hundred game. Yeah, so I, I feel see, like he's one fifty coming this week because You're it's going to be a contested match. Trying to talk yourselves up and trying to listen to your own thoughts that I even put that out there twice, ladies and gentlemen. And if you're at home and you've heard the pun twice, the Drew pun, no respect. You're too busy listening to your own voice and trying to speak your own words. How dare you? I, don't, I still don't know what he said. Well, well, you're, exactly. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Well, you're, I think you're the other way, Chris, thinking these Melbourne rucks could get hold of Tickle. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. So uh, Gorn is my VC this week. So if you do have Gorn, I think that that's an absolute Monty. I think he goes 140-ish. Um, do you have Clary? Uh, yeah, I do now, yeah. Ooh. But I'm, I, won't be, I won't be VCing Clary. No, not a chance. Not with that history, not when they've already proven that, that, that Drew can work and go to him and, and be effective. There's no way that I will do it because that's pretty much guaranteed to happen this week. The difference, last year Port weren't actually a top eight side. This year they are, and Clary smashes top eight sides. But I would when when did that would that happen? Because Port were very good on the run home. They just what lost the first five, didn't they, or six? Yeah. They weren't yeah. top eight, and then they all of a sudden decided to play footy. Weren't top eight. They I mean, Richmond understand. Great. Richmond finished ninth that time. Uh, remember last year they still went. Yeah. Port. Um, <laughs> I won't well, be I, missing Clary. I'll but be going the problem is with having Drew in there all day. Is and then you're you know taking out. So you got wines, butters, Rosie, Horn, Francis. I know. Uh, yeah, I know. Are they going to try to win the game by locking down Melbourne or are they going to try to win the game backing themselves in with their own structure? No. I, Hinkley is – I think Hinkley knows when he's outmanned. Like, Hinkley knows that Port are not as good as Melbourne. I think if you ask ask 100 people, ask 100 Port fans what they think, they will all say that Melbourne are a better fans. team. They'd rather <laughs> they'd rather win by an inch than a mile. Yeah, doesn't winning is winning. Like so it. I'm I'm, you've got I'm, take, I'm looking forward to this game. I think it's going to be an absolute crack. Yeah, I think it'd be great Friday night footy. But I do Clear think that, I do think it gets tagged. I don't I don't think uh, I don't think that um, they can justify not tag him. So I'm going Clary. So that makes it everyone VC gone because Chris is going that way. So look, I'm I'm going the opposite way because I want to keep Chris's good form going and in fortune. Um, Thanks, mate. Yeah, I feel like if I start listening to you, then I'm going to literally ruin your season. So I'm just going the other way. And uh, captain for me is just going to be Bont against Adelaide. I just think that um, he gets the Dawson matchup head-to-head. Um, it's not going to be like a run-with role or anything like that. I think they just go head-to-head against each other. It's going to be who gets on top. That Both of them could potentially go really well and really good scores. Um, just going Bont for safety purposes because I think a lot of people will have him. Um, but yeah, don't mind that. I mean, there is quite a lot of captain options this week to be completely fair. Um, but yeah, I think. Can you help me out with some? Because I'm, I'm actually, the problem is the the games at the same time, North Melbourne, Sydney and Bulldogs Adelaide at the same time. I also think Dacos probably towers up Carlton to be honest. Yeah. Also. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Well, that's the one. Depends if Kurnow, I think Kurnow is a forward tag on Dacos to be honest, because he's, he was subbed last week. I think he comes into the team to play that role. Um, so I probably wouldn't go Dacos, but um, Marshall against GWS. That's the one I've the, got at the moment. Yeah. Marshall is my backup captain. He's there. Um, Maybe Dunkley so against Dunkley. the uh, Suns. Or, I mean, if you've got Anderson or Raul, 
I would also look at those two because Brisbane, again, they're not going to tag. Um, they leak be, points in that midfield too. Yeah. Um, if you've got a Jeremy Cameron or a Hawkins versus Frio, I'd be looking at that. But Yeah. They're, they're, this um, is the problem. Or I feel like nearly all my players are playing in those first nah. three games. Keep, keep it simple. Chronic. First three games. Keep it simple. Yeah. It'll be, you know, Gorn, uh, Clary, Bontempelli, or one of the Sydneys is a VC instead. Yeah, so that's why. That, I was just yep. more the fact if you want a vice captain Bont or Goulden, the options get. A oh, you're stuffed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. no, and you're better what, off just but taking that's that what risk. I want to do. I want a VC Goulden. I don't want to have him as a captain, but I think he's potential. Oh, same time. Yeah, yeah that's what stuffed. I'm saying. So you've so got you to have, have a backup go option. You've got to go Clary. I don't want to. Into... No, I don't want to captain Goulden. I'll VC him. Well, you're not going to go that far. Clary will go 135, and you'll just take it. Yeah. That's why I'm VCing Golden because I feel like he's going 150. <laughs> I don't think that I don't think anyone's getting past it. I mean, what's um, Bont's average of Mars? McRae's the one. I at think Mars. it's pretty good. Nah, McRae's the one that always towers up Mars when he used to play midfield. Good times. Yeah, and that Bont. Yeah. Good, but... <laughs> hey, I remember when he was relevant and paying up 650k or 680k for That'd that. That'd be guy. interesting because Crows got them there last year. Um, and he didn't do that well. I think he only got an 80. No, his last two at Mars have been 88 and 87. So, okay. and, and even Bailey Smith, they asked him after the game, he's like, well, I hope it's not going to be too cold at Ballarat. It's literally the coldest place in Victoria. Uh, so if that's their kind of mind, you know, and their attitude, uh, maybe Bont isn't the player this week. I feel like yeah, it's just Dawson could be the could be the could be the one. He could but, be one. Or Eng- English one, could also be the one. Uh, yeah, well, considering Marshall English. got a hold of um, uh, that that is another shout. I mean, I yeah, don't have English, I mean. but Marshall obviously got a hold of Rob last week. He went what one thirty something, didn't he? What what did yeah, Marshall was horrible. I mean, so Marshall killed um, Rob. You're not going to have to worry. Chris, having said that, they started. You got hundred. They started with Philthorpe in the ruck. Yeah, and. I think Mark before Philthorpe exchanged with Rob, I think he got a bit of a knee knock um, and then went forward for the rest of the game. I think Marshall was already on like 30 by that stage in the first like 10 minutes of the game. So, yeah. Yeah, good shake. I don't mind that. Marshall now 110 average too. So for those that jumped off him at the uh, low flat average that he had, uh, good call. Hey, you know, um, you know, it could be another one at Marvel. And this is hard because I want to obviously VC Golden. Jack Zebel this week. Uh, I feel like him under the roof at Marvel has just been absolutely telling. Yeah, I mean, he's not going to do a 170 every week, though. He's not going to do that. The thing is, he's safe for a 110 to 120 right now. So it's like, eh, can I be bothered? Yeah. I don't, I'd I'm rather not... take Golden. Yeah. Uh, oh, Chris, I was just saying, I might as well just pay you boys out now. Although I did give Swizz more money, so I should probably maybe call that one a day. <laughs> the... um. What was the bet last week? I can't remember. I had a few drinks. <laughs> I can't. I think it was Sicily versus Day for the rest of the season, and uh, I think you're up fifty points at the moment. <laughs> yes, I, I, I honestly a, could I not remember it. Up. Hmm. I just remembered saying like, "Oh, if they're subbed, it doesn't count." And you're like, "They don't sub the premiums." And I was like, but "No, no I just bring that, that out there." What, what were what were we crapping on about Sicily versus you had somebody, and I was like, "Nah, nah Sicily be so Sicily or Sinclair maybe." Yeah, it might have been. Oh, I think no. I said Sinclair. No, you yeah. will, Chris and I were both on Sinclair over Sicily. I picked, yeah. But I said Sicily was way better than Day at the price yeah. that they were paying. Yeah. I should have right, jumped good on that Good chat. I need well, to write mate. that down. That means I, maybe I'll hold that, that 50 well. now. I've got to yeah. hold it. Ladies and gentlemen, I couldn't remember. I just remember saying Chris something about a sub. Or, or happen, we'll just take out the middleman and Chris can just give me the money. 
Nah, you can <laughs> you can. I will take Chris's money, put it in a high deposit yeah, interest and- loan for seven days or something, and then I'll give it to you <laughs> after you that. To me. <laughs> That's how it works, isn't it? That's right. uh, any final thoughts here, boys? Any any final? Nah, it's, I think that's pretty much rounds it all up, guys. But uh, good chat. And um, um, so trade out. You've got Hopper, Chandler. Uh, I think also the other one, McKenna, probably needs to go as well, boys. If you yes. still have him as well. Free on all that. Yeah. So if you have a boost, I'd probably triple it. Maybe if there's if oh, but there's not many downgrades. Hey, who would you oh, keep though? Then? Out of out of Chandler and out of say McKenna and Hopper. That's why. That's why I went down. Who are you point. getting rid of? Cash up. I'd yeah. probably keep McKenna because you probably have better loop options in defense. Mm. And at least he's playing and then Chandler's definitely dropping cash. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Okay. Higher price, higher drop. Okay. Can't All believe right. got rid of JVR instead of Chandler, which was the mm. obvious move, but it yeah, was always right. going to happen. Oh, always going to happen. At least you had him though, Swizz. Stop your bickering. Uh, okay. <laughs> so that is us for this week. Um, Chris and Swizz, you're releasing your own team pod this I'll week. I'll record as well? it tonight. Yeah. I'll, be, I'll, I'll jump on after dinner. Chris okay. is getting on tonight. Swizz, are you doing yours now or when teams are hitting? Um, well, I usually get in on after teams anyway to do Q&As and stuff like that. Yep. Um, it'll either be Wednesday night or Thursday. I usually like to do mine with I've got all the knowledge. All right, there you go. So Thursday, keep up with those boys. Yeah, Thursday yeah, jump on. I, you, I've been trying to get on for 8 p.m. And, and I know I don't have work this week on the Friday. Well, I have a late start Friday, so I should be able to go later. But I think we end up being, end up being a two-hour live pod. Um, with about 500 people end up jumping on, which was awesome. So if you want to just come on, throw your questions up, I can answer them live. Uh, sometimes the boys jump in the chat, especially Benny. Um, we had a few other, um, I think even um, um, Supercoach Mama, she was there, the Centre Bounce boys were there. So there was some good Supercoach um, people in that group chat. So, yeah, feel free. I think, yeah, we'll aim for 8, 8 p.m., maybe even slightly early if I can. I'll put it out there. But, yeah, if you any questions and we can talk about teams and Bit of fun, yeah. Sounds, sounds good. good. I think even Damo from uh, Jock Reynolds I was chatting to him. I think he said he, you send him some messages and stuff. I said, mate, you got a Thursday night Q and A is pretty much where everyone you know lets their hair out and um, talks about all the latest amount of information and trying to problem solve because it is a mad scramble to finish to that finish line for that Friday night. And uh, what a great Friday night it'll be. That's us then. I did do my team reveal. Obviously, it's been two weeks <laughs> waiting. I've just put it out on the line as well. Oh, has a good score. Does a team reveal. Oh, yeah. Well, you got to put one in every two weeks, even if it is shit. But look, you know, Chris's will be up on the line anyway. I beat you once, Chris. Not in Supercoach, but I beat you by putting my team up first this week. So that's it from <laughs> us. We'll talk to you soon. And um, just remember, final thoughts. Max Holmes is shit. We'll talk to you next time. <laughs> see. Bye. The C is for the courage I possess through the drama. H is for the hurt, but it's all for the honor. A is for my attitude, working through the patience. Money comes and goes, so the M is for motivation. Gotta stay consistent, the P is to persevere. The I is for integrity, innovative career. The O is optimistic, open and never shut. And the N is necessary, cause I'm never giving up. See, they ask me how I did it, I just did it from the heart. Crushing the competition, been doing it from the start. They say that every champion is all about his principles. Carry.